Welcome to Integrative Medicine Solutions with Forum Health, the podcast. Our nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers believe in a new standard of healthcare, one that creates optimal health by focusing on partnering with you, understanding your needs, learning about your unique health history, and getting to the root cause of your concerns. Using advanced testing, emerging therapies, and the latest technology, Forum Health providers are at the forefront of integrative and functional health care for all. Your journey to better health starts here. We'll probably take the next 10 minutes to answer any questions. Yes, May, yes, please. Um, if you'd like to an- ask a question. I was wondering about medications and detox, duo detox. Like, would thyroid medication for someone who doesn't have a thyroid, would that also be affected? I don't think it would be affected enough to not take it. So we have many patients who take thyroid hormone replacement. Um, but what, what we find is, is that when we do some sort of detox, you know, and we support it with duo detox, we get rid of fat soluble toxins and we actually improve thyroid function. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, if we do happen to detox away some minor portion of the thyroid medication, it doesn't seem to then you know, uh, interfere with their ability to lose weight. It, I, I wonder if that's what you're kind of wondering, like, could I accidentally yeah. make somebody hypothyroid by taking mm-hmm. away their thyroid medication? Yeah, duo detox, what's great about it is, um, as you might know, it's supporting a natural function of the body. It is upregulating it. So we are speeding it up a bit, um, but we are not like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, taking over the body. We're just kind of reminding the liver, like, hey, there's some garbage in here. I'd really like you to step it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have in our GDRX program, we will double and triple the dose of the duo detox as well with no problem. We do that with more supervision by our health coaches. Uh, but just to give context, taking two duo detox at night is a maintenance strategy for many of our patients. And you mentioned that. Question, Meg? You- Yes. You mentioned that duo detox and mito multi probably don't need to be taken together, but are there any safety issues if you do? Um, Well, sometimes there's fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A in both of them. And so they might overlap and then create too much of a fat soluble vitamin that can build up. So what we might do is look at the vitamin A content of those. Um, But if you're taking, you know, the mito multi, a lot of times, you know, this Mito Multi is a mitochondrial supplement. And there's a lot of little subnutrients that the mitochondria needs for energy. So the, the full dose is four capsules. We usually take two in the morning and two at lunch. Now, if we take two Duo Detox at dinner, we might be starting over time taking too much vitamin A. I don't think for a short term it's a problem, but over, I wouldn't, you know, sometimes there is a propensity for people to just start taking a supplement and they forget they're taking it. And then I just want to cover for that. Um, but there are people who I will put on like two mito multi in the morning and two duo detox at night. So I don't do the four and the two, but I might do four total and blend the two. I might choose to do that for certain people. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Great questions. Um, Wendy, I see that you've raised your hand as well. Would you like to ask a question? Yes. Can I, can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. J- just for a note, I'm still in Dallas traffic. Oh. Um, 
quick question. Um, first of all, this has been so informative. Thank you for making it so easy to comprehend and kind of follow. And it's there's been a lot of aha sort of moments. Um, you referenced um, our glucose levels and even used the image of taking your glucose, you know, testing. Is that recommended in, on this journey as far as, um, I'm just starting this journey, so I, I meet with my health coach in a couple of weeks, but um, I'm curious to know if there's tools such as the, the sugar level testing, if that's um, recommended. Yeah, you know, depending on some of your other risk factors, your provider or health coach may know that it would behoove you to do some more in-depth evaluation of your blood sugar and insulin. So one thing to note is the traditional doctor, and what I mean by the traditional doctor or provider, um, the standard of care kind of says, hey, we don't do anything until your blood sugar hits 100. Okay, and at 100, the range, the range that it'll show is somewhere between 70 and 99 or 65 and 99. That's the reference range for glucose. The problem is, is that 70 to 85 is what I would consider a good fasting blood sugar, 70 to 85. Every point that your blood sugar goes above 85 is a point towards inflammation and insulin issues. Once you hit 100, you're now officially at risk for prediabetes. When you hit 126, you're at risk for diabetes. So I always wanna remind people, when they look at those lab values, you don't think like you're an A student from 65 to 99, and then all of a sudden you're an F when you hit 100. I remind people that these labs, those ranges, house the A, B, C, and D students. Okay, because when you fall out of range, you're technically an F in terms of you know, screening you for a disease. And that's when a provider is gonna be more interested in finding out like what drug do we need to put you on for your prediabetes? So before the blood sugar reaches 100, if you get a fasting insulin, your fasting insulin should ideally be seven to nine. If it starts to creep up to 12 and 15 and 20, even though it's in the range, you're going from being a B student to a C student to a D student. And when you fall out of range, you're F. Now, if this was you or your child, will you just watch your child go from an A to a B to a C to a D and be like, that's okay, we'll just wait until they're an F student and that's when we'll intervene with a tutor, you know, or a education plan no you would not do that likely so i don't encourage you do that with your blood sugar and insulin so wendy i would recommend i would say as a betting lady if you're dealing with you know undesirable weight there's a good chance that your blood sugar and insulin are off and then doing blood tests fasting blood work can help you see how off you might be so that you know how much priority to put on that low glycemic anti-inflammatory diet because that signal from those types of foods and drinks is gonna slowly but surely bring your blood sugar and your fasting blood insulin back into the ideal ranges that I just mentioned. Is fasting um, insulin part of the, the CBD, the panel? 
blood panel or is that a specific test? I mean, I fast before I did my labs. It's not generally a part of a standard provider's um, lab panel. However, if you are working with a functional medicine provider, if you uh -huh. asked for a fasting insulin, they would likely say, of course, happy to screen yeah. for you. Um, so if it's not in the labs you had done, it's easy enough to just do another lab draw and do a fasting insulin. It just gives you, see, listen, here's the thing. If you had three pieces of cake and two glasses of wine the night before your fasting uh, lab draw, your blood sugar might look a little high because you just gave your body a big sugar load the night before and it could still be trying to process it through the night and there's still leftover the next morning when you go in. So, you know, always remember to have a typical dinner and day the day before your fasting blood work as much as possible and drink plenty of water the morning of to be an easier stick. Um, but I would just make sure that if you check your fasting blood sugar and fasting insulin, eat what you typically would eat the day before. And then um, remember that if you fast for 12 hours, like let's say you, for example, stopped eating at 7 p.m. because you're doing some intermittent fasting, and then you do your labs at 8 a.m. So that's 13 hours that your body had to get rid of the sugar that you ate for dinner the carbs uh -huh. and the sugar and the whatever, right? So um, I, I, when I teach doctors and providers, I always say that if I gave you 12 hours before your mother-in-law came to visit, you probably can make your house look pretty darn good, right? But if, if you wanted to really check on what your blood sugar is doing, you can eat a meal and check your blood sugar two hours after. Because if I give you two hours prep that your mother-in-law was coming, you probably get some stuff done, but it's not going to look as pretty as if I gave you 13 hours to clean up. So if you really want to do a sneak attack on your blood sugar and insulin levels, eat a typical meal and check your blood sugar and blood insulin two hours after. That's another hack to consider. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We workshop just on hacks, just on biohacks. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of hacks. <laughs> would be uh -huh. helpful. Um, Jackie just wrote in. She said, "Dr. Saxena, can diet and exercise help increase sex hormones?" Yes. Yes. See, what happens is diet and exercise. So when you reduce inflammation and you increase that anabolic signal, you are paving the way for healthy hormone production and unhealthy hormone removal. See, hormones are made every day, whether by your ovaries, your testicles, or your adrenals when you're postmenopausal or postandropausal. So you still have your adrenals that make a low level of hormones after menopause or andropause. But if you are not practicing good lifestyle, those organs are busy in survival mode. So they're not gonna make hormones, healthy levels of hormones for you. So diet and exercise, I wouldn't say like they're literally, I guess they could be literally feeding some degree of hormone production, but what they're doing is helping the signal of anabolic and healing so that those hormones come out freely in production. Now I will have to say that there are some people, even when they do all that right, their hormone levels are still low, um, but I would still recommend that you do the detox, the mitochondria and the lifestyle first, because we, we have a ton of patients who normalize just with that. That's great. So I have my own question. 
I would love to get your thoughts. I know uh, semaglutide, also known as um, Govi or Ozempic, the type 2 diabetes medication, it's become very popular now. Um, what are your thoughts on this as a weight loss tool? Yeah, I, you know, what's really, it's a great it's a great question right now, especially since we just had the recent question about glucose and insulin. Yeah, so Wagovi and Ozempic are type two diabetes and obesity medications. And they're, it's an injectable medication that you inject once a week. And there's a certain dosage range that's recommended for full out diabetes. Um, what many practitioners are doing now is using semaglutide and pairing it with other signals. So another signal might be vitamin B12 to be able to help the mitochondria, or it might be compounded and paired with BPC-157, which is a healing and growth hormone, not growth hormone like um, human growth hormone, but it's a growth signal. And so what many functional medicine providers are doing is using this as a weight loss medication through a functional medicine approach. So we're still gonna recommend detox, feeding the body with mitochondrial nutrients, promoting lifestyle. But when you bring in semaglutide, what you're doing is optimizing the glucose and insulin signal to reduce appetite. Because what semaglutide will do is pull glucose into the cell and therefore your cell's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm, I'm full, you don't need to eat more. And so it reduces appetite and it reduces appetite without using a stimulant like fentermine, which would be, you know, rough on people with high blood pressure or anxiety or insomnia. There's you know, many reasons why people may not be able to tolerate fentermine. So it's a safer appetite suppressant that's working on glucose and insulin specifically. And it's been a great adjunct for patients interested in weight loss, especially the ones who suffer with cravings, because we can get the body feeling full and satiated while we're working on um, emotional eating narratives that many people have from their past. You know, like if you can get the physical craving down so that people can actually address the behavior patterns that cause the wrong signals, then you can start remodeling for a long-term solution. If you don't address the emotional eating stories and you use semaglutide, you'll lose weight, but you got to address the stories so that when you come off of the semaglutide, you don't just gain the weight back. And that's not just semaglutide. That's every single weight loss program. You cannot go around the certain signals that I talked about, like calories in, calories out. If you go back to that mathematical problem and you're not making it correct, you're going to gain weight back. It's not a failure of semaglutide or a diet. It's just a failure of that signal. Yeah, that's a great explanation because I know that it's it's so popular now on social media. I think TikTok really popularized uh, semaglutide. So I appreciate you breaking it down, explaining how it actually works in the body to determine if it's right for you or not. I know I have an, another question. Um, I'm curious for, for people who are maybe restricting calories or even fasting, do you recommend any supplements that a person should take while doing those things? Very good question. So we talked about this in the program a bit. Remember 
when people, you know, whether they use semaglutide or they're just doing caloric restriction or fasting, you are reducing calories in. And that is one of the signals that you're trying to promote. Now you can get that if you're reducing your overall intake of food and drink, you're going to potentially be shy of some nutrients that you need for detoxification, for energy support, and for fat burn. So that mitomulti, I think, is the most powerful kind of blend that someone can use. You can start, and, and this would be a replacement for your typical multivitamin, multimineral. So I would just put that on the side and use mitomulti instead because it's got the blend for the mitochondria. The other nutrient that I think is quite essential for the whole body and coming from Florida, because many people have this hypothesis that vitamin D deficiency does not happen in Florida. And I am telling you, it does, and it does for 80 to 90% of my patients. They might have minimal amounts of vitamin D to be able to prevent rickets. If that's your end goal, then you may not need vitamin D. But a majority of my patients, that's not their big disease that they're trying to prevent. They're trying to prevent cancer autoimmunity, heart disease. In order to get those benefits, you want your vitamin D level to be up to 60 to 80. In order to do that, you wanna take vitamin D3 with K2. Because, see, vitamin D3 alone is going to signal, it acts more like a hormone in the body, actually. And um, Vitamin D, one of its functions is to signal calcium to come out of the bloodstream. And when calcium comes out of the bloodstream, we thought like, oh, well, it'll automatically go into the bone. But what we learned is, is that if the D3 is not coupled with K2, vitamin K2, K2 acts like a shuttling gene. And it tells the, when the vitamin D says, hey, calcium, get out of the blood, vitamin K2 says, and please go to the bone. And what K2 does is it blocks the calcium from getting into the plaque in your arteries. So we do not want calcified plaque in your heart arteries, in your neck, because we don't want stroke risk. We don't want heart attack risk. So if I had to pick the simplest regimen of nutrient support, I would say mitomulti with D3 K2. That would be a base thing. And then of course, you're eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, exercising, you're reducing inflammation. These kinds of things are supporting nutrients. Like you cannot take those nutrients and then go eat at fast food restaurants and just eat a half a bag of fries and think that works. You can't do caloric restriction only with bad foods. You wanna do caloric restriction and or fasting. Those are two different things we can add, we can talk about that with nutrient-dense foods. Dr. Saxena, I would love to ask you, what is one thing that you would love for our community to take away from tonight? Oh, goodness. That weight loss mm -hmm. is possible and that it just requires a multi-dimensional approach. And if you just look at the checklist that I have, it's really unlikely that you will not succeed with weight loss if you look through that checklist. If you detox, support your mitochondria, chip away at your lifestyle, and then address hormones, there's very few people who don't start to see success. And if you hit a plateau, that's when we can take a deeper functional medicine dive into other things that could be going on, labs, you know, like Wendy was talking about. We can for sure 
deep dive into many other things, maybe add in some agglutide with compounded BPC-157. We can take it up several notches, but you'd be surprised at how much the basics help people achieve their goal. Definitely. Yeah, I love it because there's always hope. I think after we have these workshops and conversations, it's always the message of hope. You can reach your health goals. You can optimize your wellness, um, which we all need. We all, every single one of us needs. Um, so again, make sure that you go to shopforumhealth.com, stock up on those uh, essential supplements we talked about tonight. So just want to thank everyone for joining us. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate this community. Um, and Dr. Saxena, thank you so much. We, we always learn so much from you every time. So we really appreciate it. Thank you, Brett. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Forum Health Podcast. Forum Health is the first nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers. To learn more about this topic and to find a Forum Health provider near you, visit forumhealth.com.